the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and we're certainly happy, my friend, to be on the air again today and to welcome you to another time together to study and uh, to look into God's Word. We're going to continue uh, the study we've been looking at the last several weeks on the, the issue of the Sabbath. I don't know what you remember when you think about the Sabbath. Uh, maybe you recognize that it's a day of rest and uh, you're, you, know, you don't cut your grass and you don't do any work. Uh, maybe it's the day when you think of the Sabbath, you think of going to church or visiting with relatives or maybe uh, having fun and playing and that kind of thing. Well, in, Rome, in, in the fourth commandment that God gave the nation Israel, one of the Ten Commandments, he told them in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but in the seventh day, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. The seventh day was a day when they were not to concentrate on themselves, on their activities and what they wanted to accomplish, but they were to they were, they were to remember what God did, and there's something very special that they were designed that the Sabbath day was designed to remind the nation Israel of. It was not just um, as we often see it used today, as a day where you know it's dedicated to going to church. They they had an opportunity to do that every day, uh, twice a day. It wasn't just a time when they were uh, to go and visit relatives or have a big meal or that kind of thing with the family. In fact, Exodus is very clear uh, in the instructions that God gave Israel through Moses that they were not even to, to light a fire in their dwelling uh, on the Sabbath day. Well, if you can't light a fire in your dwelling on the, on the Sabbath day, then you couldn't cook a meal. You know, a lot of folks talk about keeping the Sabbath because they want to keep the, the, the law that God gave Moses as a, as a demonstration of the righteous character of God. And the problem is nobody keeps the details. <laughs> you know, the same dude telling you that you need to keep the Sabbath will, will uh, go out to eat on, 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 uh, uh, at a restaurant after he has a meal, or he'll go home and light his stove and, ha and cook a meal at home, or nowadays I guess you'd fire up the the microwave and nuke something, uh, you'll, you know, you'll fix a cup of coffee, that kind of, all that violates what God told Israel to do. Now, it's important to understand and to remember that the Sabbath was something very important in Israel's program. We've already uh, observed in our studies together that God did not make known his Sabbaths. He, he, he didn't reveal the, the purpose and the plan of keeping the Sabbath day until he brought the nation Israel out of Egypt. In Nehemiah chapter 9, very clearly, verse number 13 and 14, we're told that when he brought them out of Egypt, and they came down, that God came down upon Mount Sinai and spake with Israel from heaven, that at that time he made known unto Israel his holy Sabbath and commandments. 
and all the way from creation to the time God gave this and these instructions to the nation Israel at Mount Sinai, nobody knew anything about the Sabbath. Nobody kept the Sabbath. You have to remember that the, the only time it's really mentioned prior to the book of Exodus is in Genesis chapter number 2 when, when, when we read Moses' account of God blessing the seventh day and sanctifying it. But you remember that Moses wrote that. Moses wrote that after the events of Mount Sinai. Moses wrote that after God had made known. That's part of what God made known to Israel about his Sabbaths. So it was something to be, it wasn't observed prior to the nation Israel's existence. But when Israel came on the scene, God gave the Sabbath. And Exodus 31, verse 12 is very clear. Now listen, listen to what the Bible says about this. Let God's word be the authority. Let God's word tell you something about the Sabbath. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, God says, saying, Verily my Sabbath shall you keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. Now, in other words, the Sabbath was a sign to the nation Israel. Verse 17, Exodus 31, 17. It, talking about the Sabbath, is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Now, for you to be involved in Sabbath day observances, you're going to have to be a part of the children of Israel. And uh, if you're not, then it wasn't, it wasn't given for you as a sign. A sign is given to signify, signify something. And in this passage, you get you, you get an understanding about God's using of the of the Sabbath. Actually, in Exodus 31, here there are there are two kind of Sabbaths. First, there is the the seventh day Sabbath. You should keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Uh, six days shall thy work shall thy work be done, but the seventh is the Sabbath. There is that weekly seventh day Sabbath. And the reason that was given is because in six days God made heaven and earth and all that in them is. On the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. The seventh day Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath, was to remind the nation Israel about God creating the heaven and the earth. And not just the fact that he did it, but why he did it, what his purpose in creating the heaven and the earth really was. In our Bible study last time, we saw that God... Um, created the heaven and the earth for a purpose. He says that he stretched out the heavens, that he created the universe and, and formed the earth, and he did it in order for it to be a tent for him to dwell in. You see, when God created the heaven and the earth, he created it for a purpose. He created for it to be a dwelling for himself. He created you and me to have communion and fellowship with him. And he created the universe as, as the, as the, uh, the tent, the dwelling for, in which that fellowship was to take place. You see, God isn't, his desire, his intent, his purpose in creation was not to create a, a bunch of little robots off somewhere that just kind of, you know, went around and did whatever they did, that he could then sit off and watch like we watch television or something. No, he created you and me. He created the universe for us to live in. That is, for you and me and him and God himself to live and dwell and fellowship together in. Now, we're going to talk more about that next time, but that's what the seventh day was to remind them about, what God's purpose in creation was. That is, that he would come and dwell with his creation. Now, in the nation Israel, God had a, he had a tent to dwell in. He gave them the tabernacle. It was made out of, out of skins. And he dwelt in a tent of flesh, uh, or of skins, rather. 
in, in the tabernacle. He dwelt with the house of Israel. They were a house of people, a group of people in whom he dwelt. All these things reminding them of his original and his ultimate intention for all of creation. So there's the seventh day, Sabbath. But then there's also what he calls in verse 13, verily my Sabbaths, plural, shall you keep. For they are assigned between me and you under out your generations. Now why did he give them these, not just the weekly Sabbath, but these special Sabbaths? That, the purpose, the intent, and I'm reading Exodus 31, 13, that you may know that I am the Lord, that I am Jehovah, that doth sanctify you. Now, Jehovah is that special name by which God made himself known to the nation Israel. And it's the name that God made himself known as the one who would provide for Israel all the things that they needed for him to provide. All the things they needed in order to be the people that God had chosen them to be, Jehovah would be that. And they were to know him uh, as Jehovah. They were to know him as the one who was going to sanctify them to set them apart for the purpose for which they were created. They needed to know Jehovah uh, as the one that was going to make them fit to be utilized, make them qualified to be utilized by him in his plan and his purpose. So they had the weekly Sabbath to remind them of his plan and purpose. Then they had these special Sabbaths to remind them that it was going to take Jehovah's uh, participation, his action, that he was the one who was going to make them qualified to be utilized by him in his plan and purpose. Now, this expression, my Sabbaths, those, those Sabbaths are laid out for us in Leviticus chapter number 23 in the feast. Uh, seven feast days, fe feast seasons, festivals, holy days that God gave to the nation Israel. In Leviticus 23, the first three verses talk about the weekly Sabbath. And then he says in verse 4, These are the feast of the Lord, of Jehovah, even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. And he gives them a series of seven feasts. And these seven feasts comprise the, a calendar of redemption, a sequential calendar of this event takes place, then that event, then this event, all seven of the events that take place, seven feasts, that were used to educate Israel in who Jehovah was or is and what Jehovah was going to do for them in order to qualify them and make them fit to be utilized by him in his purpose. The process of redemption um, can, came, came into, into uh, visualization for the nation Israel in these feast days. And the process of, uh, of redemption so that he could sanctify the nation Israel so that they could function in the role that he purposed and planned for them. The feast days are in two sections. Uh, there's, there, there's the first four. There's the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of first fruits, and then the Feast of Pentecost. Then those first four are separated by a period of time. The first four take place in the first month and uh, the first three do, and then the fourth one takes place on the 50 days after that. So by the end of the first three months, you have all three of these feasts, taking, uh, these first four feasts. Then there is a, a wait, a period of, uh, of, uh, of delay until the seventh month. And in the seventh month, you have 
the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now the reason these two feasts are separated like that is that the first four are uh, pictures and, and, and foreshadows of the first coming of Christ, of his, coming, of his meek and lowly coming. The last three are pictures of his second coming, that is his coming in power and great glory. When the prophets looked at what was written in the word of God that they had, they saw the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. They saw him coming, as Zechariah 9 says, meek and lowly, sitting upon the, 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 a, a colt, the fold, the colt of an ass. Zechariah 9, 9 says to Israel, Behold, your king comes, meek and lowly. So there's this meek and lowly coming. But then he comes in power and great glory. When the Son of Man shall come with all his, in his glory with all the holy angels with him, then shall he come to sit upon the throne of his glory. So you have those two separate sections with feast, holidays, memorials, celebrations that demonstrated Passover, of course, is the crucifixion of Christ. Unleavened bread is, is, is the sanctification that comes from that. Uh, first fruits is the, the resurrection life that, that, that the Messiah brings. And Pentecost is the testimony of that resurrection among his people and the life that he gives to the remnant. All of that is fulfilled in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and in Acts chapter uh, number 2. You have the Passover, the crucifixion, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the, the burial, the first fruits, the resurrection, and Pentecost, Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. In other words, when the fulfillment of what the type was, then the Holy Spirit came as the, the, the testimony that Jesus Christ had been raised from the dead. That's why Peter says, this is, this is, it, it, you, what you see here is, is testimony to the fact that God has raised him and that he's exalted at the Father's right hand. So the first coming, uh, the, the, the first coming uh, feast have literally now been fulfilled. But that's what they were pointing to. And the second coming feast, uh, trumpets, which is the, the regathering of Israel, avenging Israel against her enemies and, and regathering the nation, delivering the nation, the day of atonement, the second advent of Christ, and then the tabernacles, uh, a picture of the kingdom. In those two sections... First coming, second coming prophet, uh, uh, um, divisions, the calendar of how God was going to provide redemption for them and then deliverance for them. And the first and second coming, the meek and lowly coming, the coming in power and glory, the sufferings and the glory. In all of that, there are two sets of Sabbaths. Uh, in the first, you have a Sabbath in, uh, after, the, after uh, Passover. Uh, Exodus, I'm sorry, Leviticus 23, verse 4 says, These are the feast of Jehovah, even holy convocations. In the 14th day, verse 5, of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. And the first day you shall have an holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. So on the 14th day they had the Passover. That evening they had the meal. And the 15th day through the 21st, for seven days, they had this Feast of Unleavened Bread. But the first day, that 15th day, was a Passover, was a Sabbath day. It was a special memorial Sabbath to remind Israel that it was Jehovah who was going to sanctify them, set them apart to be the people that he had created them to be, set them apart for the purpose for which they were created. Then you go over to, to the last one of the feasts, Feast of Tabernacles, before you come to the next Sabbath, 
and in the Feast of Tabernacles. It began on the 15th day of the seventh month, and on the first day shall be the holy convocation unto the Lord. You do not serve our works seven days. So from the 15th day again to the 21st, you, don't, you have a feast, the first day of which is the, feast, is the Sabbath, to remind them that it was, it, that it was Jehovah who set them apart for the purpose for which he created them. He had a purpose, and he accomplished it in them. Now, the tabernacle, Feast of Tabernacles, is a very special thing because not only does it have that first day of that feast week as a, as a Sabbath, but also on the eighth day shall be a holy convocation, verse 36 says, unto you. That is, after that week of the Feast of Tabernacles, the next day after it is also to be a Sabbath day. So it actually has two Sabbaths associated with it. And we'll talk more next time about the significance, the prophetic significance, the typical significance of that. But just note that for the, for the moment, that these Sabbaths are involved in Israel's history they're, and, and their ceremony and their religious life in order to educate them. And they're designed to educate them in, in, in who Jehovah is and what Jehovah was going to do for them in order to accomplish his purpose in them. Well, who is Israel? Exodus chapter 15, Moses, when he brings Israel out of Egypt across the Red Sea, the, the birthday for the nation Israel, Moses sings the song of Moses that's recorded in Exodus 15. In fact, Israel sings that. And it, it would have, it was the, the uh, um, song that, that, that they sang on the day, the 4th of July for Israel is the Exodus, when Israel became a nation. And this is a declaration by Moses of his understanding about what God's purpose in Israel is. Here's what Israel said about herself. Exodus 15, verse 13, Thou in thy mercy hath led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in, their, in, in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. Notice where they're going. He brought them out of Egypt, and he's going to take them to his holy habitation, the place where God intends to dwell. Thou, thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. You see, Israel understood from day one that she was to be the people of God's habitation, and that she was going to dwell in the place of his holy residence, the place where God intended to dwell. Now, how so? How can that be? Well, you remember what God did when, when, he, when he first called out Moses. He blessed him. He said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. And he gave, he gave a new beginning uh, when, he, when he began the nation as it began something new in the earth. When he blessed him, he picked up on the concept there, by the way, of Genesis 2, when he blessed the Sabbath day. He picks up on creation concept, idea. And he vests in Abraham, in Abraham's seed, his plan for the earth, his plan of repossessing the earth. Now, that original Sabbath, God's original plan was interrupted. That original Sabbath day wasn't followed by another Sabbath day because before that second Sabbath could take place, 
man fell. Genesis 3 interrupted God's original intent. And the adversary, the devil, came, in, came on the scene. And he came on the scene, you remember in Isaiah chapter 14, that he came on the scene as the one who de declared himself to, to be like the Most High God. Now that title, the Most High God, in, Exodus, in Genesis 14, appears in the Bible for the first time when, when Abraham is, is uh, uh, with, well, with Melchizedek. And the declaration is made, Blessed be the Lord, God, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Abraham learned uh, through the encounter with Melchizedek that the Lord God, the Most High God, is the possessor of heaven and earth. Well, that's who Satan said he wanted to be, like the Most High God. Take over the position of being possessor of heaven and earth. God entrusted to Abraham's seed the plan and the purpose to repossess what the adversary sought to usurp. And so with Israel and the formation of the nation Israel and them, them being formed in the earth as his repossession vehicle, he makes known to them his Sabbaths. First, the seventh-day Sabbath, to remind them of the original purpose in the earth and their part in it. And then the special Sabbaths about what, he was, what it was going to take to sanctify Israel and to make, it, to make his original purpose happen, what it was going to take to make them fit to become the vehicle to accomplish his purpose. It takes God's action. It takes that calendar of redemption that begins, by the way, with the Passover, Calvary. Everything God ever does for Israel or for you and me as members of the body of Christ is focused in the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're talking about these things, about what God's doing for Israel and about the Sabbath. And when we talk about the Sabbath, you have to talk about Israel and God's purpose in Israel because that's what the Sabbath is about according to the verses. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape before we go off the air today that will help you kind of take this information and relate it to your situation. Uh, the tape is entitled, Who Changed the Sabbath? And that's certainly an important issue. That's a serious matter, and yet it's one that's quite simple to answer from the Scripture. Who changed the Sabbath? And, and why was the Sabbath changed? And was it changed? And if it was changed, who did it? And if they changed it, would they change it too? And, and, and if it wasn't changed, why do you go to church on Sunday? <laughs> why shouldn't we go on Saturday? Well, let me give you this free Bible study tape that will help you answer these and other questions from the Word of God. So, listen carefully now as Alex comes to tell you how you can receive your free copy. And before he does, let me say again, thanks for listening. And until next time, Maranatha. Thank you, Brother Jordan. My friend will be happy to see that you receive your free copy of this important Bible study tape if you simply call us at our toll-free number 1-888-535-2300. That's 1-888-535-2300. Or you can write us at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois 60108. 
We also want you to know that Grace School of the Bible has a uniquely designed three-year Bible Institute program available to our listeners on an extension basis through the use of videotapes. We call the program Bible Edification by Extension through the use of video. Our school is unique in two important ways. First, we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer. Rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies followed by other Bible institutes and Bible colleges, we have followed the clearly outlined pattern for edification found in Paul's epistles. This allows our students to grow to maturity and thus be prepared for whatever ministry they feel the Lord has for them quickly and successfully. A second uniqueness of Grace School of the Bible is that it is offered on an extension basis through the use of video. Bible edification by extension brings quality instruction into the comfort and convenience of your home and personal scheduling demands. If you are or have ever desired to be a serious student of the Bible, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 1-888-535-2300. You can also visit us at our worldwide website at www.graceimpact.org. We're glad you've joined us today and trust you've been challenged and blessed by today's study. Please tell your friends about the broadcast, will you, and get them listening in with you. And remember, that free Bible study tape awaits you if you simply call us at 1-888-535-2300. And friend, if you still are not sure of salvation, that your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that will make the way plain. That address again is The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois 60108. Thanks for listening, and God's best to you in every way until we meet again this same time and place next week. I'd rather have Jesus than men's At Burn Fat Orlando, we're open to help you lose up to 30 to 40 pounds in 40 days, helping you build a strong immune system, especially in these crazy times when you need it most. The Center for Disease Control states those at greatest risk are overweight, diabetic, and or have high blood pressure. With our step-on-a-scale money-back guarantee, you'll drop the pounds, get healthy, and strengthen your immune system. Call 855-889-8446. That's 855-889-8446. And schedule your in-office or phone appointment or visit burnfatorlando.com. 
Are you looking for a funeral home you can trust? Do you want to deal with people who share your values? If you are, then visit AmericanFamilyFunerals.com and chat live now. AmericanFamilyFunerals.com, locally owned and operated by the Treba family. Homeowners, do you know that hiring a public adjuster can boost your claim payout by 300 to 700%? ICA Public Adjusters negotiate the best possible settlement for your damaged home or commercial property. They offer free home inspection and a free payout estimate. Call ICA Public Adjusters at 800-692-0922 for a free consultation. ICA Public Adjusters works for you, not the insurance company. Call them at 800-692-0922 or visit them at icadjusters.com. Be sure to log on to PTINCT.org for the 2020 John Bunyan Virtual Conference. This year, all content from the conference is available and is free. Listen to messages from Gary Scott, host of the Cross Theater radio program heard right here on WTLN The Word. Gary George, pastor and street preacher in Boston. Zach Maxey, president of Providence Theological Institute. And Bill Sasser of Grace Church in Franklin. Listen to their messages by visiting PTINCT.org and going to the conference's page. PTINCT.org. Take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com. Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and radio.com. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. A bigger and stronger voice for God's Word is now here. 50,000 watts. The new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. W26ACT Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. And I've had the privilege of going along with others to his office and sometimes having meetings or attending meetings or just visiting with him. Our, pa- our pastoral staff sometimes will have our, our day-long meetings because they have a beautiful conference room. I love going there. It's so high up in the building. I love to look out at the water. But now when I look out, I can look down and say, oh, that's where that street is. And oh, I see now this is a better way to pull into the Aloha Tower Marketplace. And oh, look at how they're doing over here and over there. And you're probably, why am I telling this dumb story? Because sometimes while we go verse by verse and section by section, it'll be good because we'll drill deep. And if you drill deep into God's word, the deeper you go, sometimes the cooler and the fresher the water might be.